Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new season of the Live Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Malama. I had a refreshing break and I was able to refocus on the podcast and its purpose as well as my own purpose. And I'm glad to say that I'm super excited to see where God wants to take both myself and the podcast. So let's get right back into it. Today's episode is based from Proverbs chapter 5. So if you like, you can whip out your Bible or your Bible app if you would like to follow along. If you don't know much about the Bible or specifically the book of Proverbs, I can tell you that it was written by King Solomon and he was the king of Israel between 971 to 931 BC. And he was the son of King David and Bathsheba. King Solomon's key strengths weren't actually fighting on the battlefield, but they were things of the mind, like meditation, organization, planning, and negotiation. He's considered to be a very, very smart man. And in the chapter that we're going to be going through, it's going to be from the perspective of King Solomon writing to his son and giving him advice. If you read the rest of the book of Proverbs, you'll notice that it talks a lot about the right path or the right way, as in how to reach the goal of having a successful life. And the way to that goal is by the way of wisdom. A lot of contrasts are used to show why exactly wisdom is the answer, and we're going to be talking about those contrasts today. And in particular, we'll be looking at the contrasts when it comes to sex and how we're meant to use it and what exactly does God think about it. In today's culture, you'll hear a lot about hookup culture, and if you haven't heard what that is yet, it's the kind of culture that accepts and encourages casual sex, like one-night stands and stuff like that, without actually being committed to another person. You see a lot of it in the news with celebrities and government officials. They get talked about a lot with who they hook up with and things like that. You'll also see it in movies, TV shows, books, social media, and so on. But just because something's popular doesn't always mean that it's right or beneficial. Now, I know that I'm not the perfect picture of purity, I know, so don't come after me. (laughs) Not all of us who call ourselves Christians are, and I have a whole testimony on how God gave me a new hope and forgiveness in that area, and even though I'm not quite yet ready to share that testimony fully and publicly right now, I just want you to know that God is amazing, and He saved me from a bad situation and opened my eyes to the things that weren't good and were actually quite harmful to me. He wasn't judgmental at all. If anything, people were, but not Him. He still loved me despite my past and every single day towards purity after that was a huge struggle and I still stumble and and lots of Christians struggle with it every single day as well. And if you're going to go through that right now, I just want to encourage you with Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14, which says, One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I know that not everyone will like what I have to say after this. So moving on, if we look at the Bible, God says on the top of Mount Sinai to Moses, do not commit adultery. Or in other translations, it says be faithful in marriage. Now that's pretty clear that having sex outside of the bonds of marriage isn't what God has intended, even if people want to do this. God invented sex and has every right to tell us how to use it properly. Now, when I say that, I know some people are going to hear that and say, well, what's wrong with casual sex? What's wrong with casual hookups and having sex before you're married, premarital or even extramarital for that matter? What's wrong with it? Everyone does it. It's socially acceptable. So why make a big issue about it? Look, I know nothing spoils a game more than someone who takes it too seriously. And I know sex is fun and enjoyable. And that's exactly why people want to do it. And that's why people think that we shouldn't take something that's fun too seriously. But 
I'm sorry to disappoint you, but a lot of things that are legal or are the social norm aren't always good and beneficial. Sometimes they're just straight up bad and can sometimes lead to just being straight up evil. I hope you still have Proverbs chapter 5 up because now we're going to go through it and look at the reasons why we should worry if we break God's laws about purity and sexual sin. But the bottom line before I get through all this is sexual sin is ultimately very disappointing. It becomes destructive over time, and that's exactly why God tells us to do not commit adultery. God created sex not just so that we can reproduce, but he also created it for enjoyment, obviously. He isn't giving us this law to rob us of anything, but he wants to increase the enjoyment and he wants to protect it. So in the first section, you'll notice this. Your experience goes from sweet to bitter. In verses 1 to 6 of Proverbs chapter 5, it says this. My son, if you listen closely to my wisdom and good sense, you will have sound judgment and you will always know the right thing to say. The words of an immoral woman may be as sweet as honey and as smooth as olive oil, but all that you really get from being with her is bitter poison and pain. If you follow her, she will lead you down to the world of the dead. She has missed the path that leads to life and doesn't even know it. In another translation, that last verse, verse 6, it says, She doesn't consider the path of life. She doesn't know that her ways are unstable. And before I knew what God was all about and the wisdom that his word had to say, boy, were my ways unstable. (laughs) So also in another translation, the immoral woman is also called the forbidden woman or the strange woman. And it's actually translated as not related to. So this woman is someone who the guy isn't related to by marriage. So having any kind of sexual relationship with her would be considered to be bad. The same could also be applied, obviously, in the opposite way if you're if you're a woman and you're listening to this podcast. But having a relationship with him or her will be very exciting and cute and sweet and all butterflies at the start, but eventually that sweetness will turn to bitterness and the honey will become like poison, like the verse says. You'll hear a lot in the book of Proverbs about looking ahead to see where your decisions and actions will lead you. And usually the smart and wise person will check their destination before they buy a ticket to go there. For example, you don't go traveling overseas before you check websites like Smart Traveler. Otherwise, you can get stuck in a place that has a deadly sickness or maybe even a civil war going on right now and you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Or for example, you can check ahead of time so that you can see if you need any vaccines before you go just so you don't get there and then you get sick. Anyway, modern society likes to think that people can violate God's laws and just get away with it. Sometimes people will look at the bad things that happen to their friends and they think, oh, well, that's just not going to happen to me. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to do it differently. But you can never be too careful. So don't let arrogance or ignorance or even insolence let you think that bad things won't happen to you too, because before you know it, it can go from sweet to bitter. In the second section, you'll notice this. Your experience goes from gain to loss. So in verses 7 to 14, it says this, My son, listen to me and do everything I say. Stay away from a bad woman. Don't even go near the door of a house. You will lose your self-respect and end up in debt to some cruel person for the rest of your life. Strangers will get your money and everything else you have worked for. When it's all over, your body will waste away as you groan and shout, I hated advice and correction. I paid no attention to my teachers and now I am disgraced in front of everyone. When you first start getting tempted or feeling tempted, you'll notice that it looks super good at first and that's why it's tempting to you because you think it looks good. If Satan wanted to trap you, he wouldn't make it appealing to you otherwise if you wouldn't go for it. 
And once you give in to that temptation, you think you're satisfied and that you feel fulfilled or that your problems may have been solved. Why do you think people cheat? They're led astray thinking that another person can fulfill them better than the person that they're already with. And they think that life will be better, that grass will be greener on the other side. But like I said earlier, when we break God's laws, it always brings about sad consequences and we end up paying a lot for a brief moment of enjoyment. So if you read that section again, it says you will lose your self-respect and end up in debt to some cruel person for the rest of your life. Strangers will get everything you have worked for and your body will waste away. That is a description of someone who's regretting what they did. And that's because you'll discover that sin is the most expensive thing in the world. I'm going to say that again. Sin is the most expensive thing in the world. God does give his grace when we go back and tell him that we messed up and that we want his forgiveness. But in God's world and in his government, you'll discover that a person will always reap what they sow. So moving on to the third section, you'll notice this. Your experience goes from purity to pollution. Verses 15 to 20 say this. You should be faithful to your wife just as you take water from your own well And don't be like a stream from which any woman may take a drink. Save yourself for your wife and don't have sex with other women. Be happy with the wife that you married when you were young. She is beautiful and graceful, just like a deer. You should be attracted to her and stay deeply in love. Don't go crazy over a woman who is unfaithful to her own husband. So when we read that, you'll notice that he uses imagery of having a drink of water and that it's fresh water and that it's really great and refreshing because everyone loves clean and fresh water. But being in sexual sin is like drinking gross, polluted water from a sewer. Sex within marriage is beautiful and it's something that brings life and refreshment. But outside of marriage, it's like something from a sewer and it just defiles everything that it touches. For example, if I was to make my husband his morning coffee but then went outside and got potting mix and then put it into his drink, that would mean that I've defiled it and I don't think that he would want to drink it because that would be disgusting and he'd probably get sick. So if you were to drink from the wrong kind of love, you'll discover that not only will it not be satisfying, but it will also destroy you in the end. God's laws about this keep the clean, refreshing water where it should be, and it is good. When a man and a woman get married, they are committed to each other, and they can experience a growing satisfaction which comes from love, commitment, depth, and purity. Now, not every couple that gets married will experience this because there's just so much betrayal and divorce and brokenness that happens in our world today, and it is really upsetting. But when a husband and wife are faithful to God and to each other, and when their commitment to each other is founded upon what the Word says, then neither of them will look for satisfaction anywhere else. Now, in the last section, you'll notice this. Your experience goes from freedom to bondage. Verses 21 to 23 say this. The Lord sees everything and he watches us closely. Sinners are trapped and caught by their own evil deeds. They get lost and die because of their foolishness and their lack of self-control. So if you didn't know this, God gives us free will and freedom. He makes us not to be like mindless drones, but he gave us minds and the choice to love and to listen to him or not. God wants us and tells us to use our freedom wisely, and his laws are meant to be seen as guideposts that lead us to the right path, and he watches us and the decisions that we make and the roads that we decide to take. And as long as we're using our freedom wisely, then we will grow and mature in character, and God will trust us with more freedom. However, if we deliberately disobey his word, then our freedom slowly starts to feel like bondage, like we're being held back. 
In John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus said, I tell you for certain that anyone who sins is a slave of sin. And Romans chapter 6, verse 16 says, Don't you know that you are slaves of anyone that you obey? You can be slaves of sin and die, or you can be obedient slaves of God and be acceptable to him. So the more we disobey God and the more we sin, the stronger the pull and the bondage gets. Sin will try to trick us into thinking that we're free and that we can stop whenever we want, but we'll discover that we don't even have the strength to set ourselves free and that we can't do it. And because we can't set ourselves free from this kind of bondage, that's exactly the reason that we need Jesus. John chapter 8 verse 36 says, If the Son gives you freedom, you are indeed free. So to wrap this up, just because society claps and cheers and encourages its sexual sin doesn't mean that it's good for you. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean that you need to as well. The gospel isn't just an old book that teaches us how to be good people. It is God's amazing and powerful way of saving everyone who has faith in him, no matter who you are. Jesus Christ changes people's lives and he gives us a fulfilling and satisfying life. So if you're hearing this podcast and you're feeling like God is stirring something in your heart, why don't you pray this prayer with me and just repeat it after me or just say, yes, me too, God. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I have done wrong by living without you. I am sorry and I want to trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love, grace and forgiveness for me and I ask that you will be the Lord of my life. Help me to believe in you and to love you every day and help me to understand your word and to walk in your way from now on. Help me to show others what you're really like and how great your love is. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to say congratulations. The journey to follow Jesus will be one of the most fulfilling adventures you'll ever have. Please let me know if you've made a commitment to Jesus or maybe have renewed your commitment to him. And you can get in touch with me either on the blog at rachelmelema.tumblr.com forward slash ask or on the social media channels. I can't wait for next week's episode and I really hope that you enjoyed it as well. I hope you have a fun and joy-filled week and I will see you next time. Bye.